Welcome to Travel Time. Today we're going a bit out of order, jumping ahead to a mother-son road trip this that we took this summer, where our last stop was the Flight 93 Memorial. Since this week's episode falls on the weekend of September 11th, I felt it was appropriate to talk about this one now rather than later. The Flight 93 Memorial is the final resting place of the 40 passengers and crew members of Flight 93, which crashed into a cornfield near Shanksville, Pennsylvania on September 11, 2001. These brave people stopped the fourth hijacked plane on September 11th from reaching its intended target, which they believed at the time to be either the Capitol or the White House. So a little bit of background. On September 11th, it was a beautiful day, late summer. The flight didn't reach what was later confirmed to be its target, the U.S. Capitol, because after the hijackers took control of the plane, 13 passengers made 37 phone calls. Um, through those calls, they learned first of that the first attacks on the World Trade Centers and the attack on the Pentagon. And they knew that this was likely a similar plan for their flight. The selfless passengers and crew then took a vote at the back of the plane and decided to fight back and retake control of the plane. From the calls and the cockpit voice recorders retrieved from the crash, we learned of the struggle with hijackers in the sky over western Pennsylvania and ended with a high-speed plane crash into a reclaimed strip mine near Shanksville. It was 18 minutes of flight time away from D.C. at the time it crashed, which saved countless lives, but all the 40 on the flight were lost, unfortunately. They say at that point, a common field became a field of honor, and it's really true. You can definitely feel that if you are at the Flight 93 Memorial. In September 2002, Congress unanimously passed the Flight 93 National Memorial Act and used it to establish the memorial. As you drive into the, the grounds of the memorial, you'll first pass the Tower of Voices. We didn't stop there on the way in, so I'll come back to that um, when I talk a little bit about our visit. The Visitor's Center has an exhibit that tells Flight 93's story by presenting a chronological self-guided experience. It took us about 45 minutes to go through it. I would definitely leave enough time for this part of the trip. It's especially good to start conversations with your kids who might not have been alive when 9-11 happened. And there are opportunities to hear the passengers' own voices through recordings of their calls with loved ones and emergency lines. If you live during 9-11, this will likely bring back a flood of memories. The outside of the visitor center has large stone walls that bring to mind aerodynamics and point towards the crash site. The black path that runs through the middle marks the flight path of the plane as it was approaching the crash site. Outside the visitor center is also an overlook, so when you follow that black path through the stone walls and then just past the visitor center's door, there's an overlook that looks over the, to the crash site directly below. You can also visit the Memorial Plaza in one of two ways. First, you can drive down from the visitor center down the hill and walk over the paved path to the site which is a fairly short one, and if you have a mobility challenge, it's definitely a good way to go. We did the other option, which is to, we left our car at the visitor center, and we took a trail that goes down from the visitor center's parking lot, goes down the hill towards the crash site. The full trail is about two miles, roughly a mile to the crash site, and then a mile back up to the visitor center, and you can either return the way you came, or if you complete the loop, um, there are a couple additional sites you'll see on the way around, so I'll talk about that a little bit. So we took the the paved trail, I should say paved, it's, it's partially paved and partially not paved, 
from the visitor center parking lot that went down the hill to the crash site. The first part of the trail is through some very pretty grasslands and ponds. And if you're walking along that way, you first approach the place where the family set up to watch the crash site while it was being investigated. It's basically the western overlook of the crash site. You can basically stand where the family stood to watch in the days right after the crash and to watch the investigation going on. To me, that was pretty surreal. Just imagining being there, knowing your husband or wife or child, etc. was there in the crash site somewhere while they were working. The next thing you come to down the hill is the Wall of Names. Directly along the plane's final path are 40 marble slabs, and each one has the name of one of the passengers or crew members on it. The black granite path continues to show the flight path. So anywhere you are, if you see a black path in the, on the ground and whatever surface you're on, that's part of the flight path. At the end of the marble slabs with the names is a hemlock gate um, called Ceremonial Gate. It's made from hemlock um, because the plane crashed into a grove of hemlock trees. And so that's one of the re symbolic reasons. They the ceremonial gate, you can look through and down the path to the la last piece of granite. Etched with the time of the crash and the impact site itself is marked with a large sandstone boulder, which you can see from the hemlock gate or from the memorial walkway. If you turn left from the Hemlock Gate, you can see the Hemlock Grove and the, and the impact site from the Memorial Walker you'll be standing on. This grove of hemlocks was badly damaged by the crash, and you can see still a visible gap in the trees that shows a lasting scar where the 80 trees were damaged and then removed. The boulder is 17 and a half tons of sandstone, and it was placed in 2011. The FBI had excavated the site which was a crater over 13 days following the crash and it was later backfilled currently only family and of the crew and the passengers who perished in the crash are allowed access to that part of the field as it is a place of final rest and it's treated as a grave site rightly so you can view it from the memorial walkway though from um, a distance the plaza walkway replaced a security fence that originally protected the crash site and this allows visitors to walk beside the hallowed landscape. And this permanent walkway opened in September 2011. Just past the walkway is a forecourt and visitor center next to the parking lot. There's also some benches where they sometimes might have rager programs, things like that. This is where your visit to the crash site starts if you took a car down to the parking lot. We've continued on the trail. And when you continue onto the trail from there, you go through the memorial groves. So there are 40 memorial groves planted for the heroes of Flight 93, and each of the 40 groves contain 40 trees, which is a mix of sugar maple, white oak, and elm trees. They all radiate towards the center of the field of honor. It was planted in 2011 and continues to be cared for by the uh, Flight 93 Memorial Foundation. The trail continues on past a couple of small lakes and up to the visitor center. We left the park at that time, but this is when we stopped at the Tower of Voices on the way out. The Tower of Voices was added a little later than some of the other elements. It was added in September 2018, and then the chimes inside it were installed September 2020, so just a little while before we were there. We were there in July of 2021. It's a 93-foot-tall, basically a musical instrument, with 40 wind chimes intended to be a landmark at the entrance 
on Lincoln Highway. So it's something you can see from the road as you're approaching. And it's it's just a very visible marker as you're approaching the visitor center, which is further on down the road. It's intended to be a living memorial. So the intents to pay tribute to the 40 heroes and convey some serenity where you can pay respect to the consecrated site and just kind of get in the right frame of mind. It would be an excellent place to kind of stop on the way in or the way out or both just to kind of set your um, mood for visiting the site, which is obviously a very somber visit for the most part. The C-shape allows sound to reflect out through the to the open side. It's a really it's just really nice place to pause and reflect. If you if you walk up the short path that goes up to the Tower of Voices and stand in front of it, you can hear the wind chimes blowing and um, just sounding out. They all have slightly different notes and it creates a really nice, peaceful, serene tune. A few tips if you're visiting. Um, first of all, I would definitely say go. I think it's really important to pay tribute to these heroes who saved countless lives that would have been lost if the plane had continued on and hit the Capitol. It's also, it just really helps to bring some, not really closure to that day, but just really adequately reflect on everything that happened that day and how much it changed America. Really recommend visiting. There a few tips for visits though. There is no food or drink on the site other than bottled water at the visitor center. Some sites like some national battlefields and some national memorials may have things on site where you can get like a snack bar or things like that. There's nothing like that here. So I mentioned it because it is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And so don't go in there thinking that you'll be able to get lunch in there. We didn't necessarily. I just want to point that out because some people do. Um, There is very little shade as well in the summer. So you might want to bring a hat or sunscreen if you're going to be outside of your car for a long period of time. And in the winter, on the flip side, it could be quite cold and maybe snowy because it's pretty, it's in the northern part of the United States. They do get cold and snow quite frequently. So dress appropriately if you're coming in the winter. And like I said, I think this memorial is really just a great place for a visit for every American. It's a simple but incredibly moving monument. Um, It's a pretty big detour off the interstate, but definitely well worth it. For Sam and I, this marked our last of all the national memorial, or the for Sam and I, this marked the, f- the third of the memorials to 9-11 that we've been to. So we went on a visit with myself and the boys. We went to the World Trade Center Memorial during that visit. And um, it, that one also is very moving, and I would highly suggest checking it out. And then on the boys' eighth grade field trips, I was chaperoning, and both of those we went to the Pentagon Memorial on as well. Each memorial of the three is very different but very poignant and um, for me very moving because it brought back a lot of the memories and things from the from those events of that day. The Pentagon Memorial is the only one that doesn't have like an interpretive center that um, will have like the sounds and things that you might have heard or seen that day or kind of replayed. It still for me was very moving just to think about and it is a really interesting setup the way they have it. The other two, there were a lot of audible recordings and things like that from the day they were very moving to me because it just brought it all back kind of in a rush all the memories of of that day in short i highly recommend a visit in short i highly recommend the visit i think most people who live through that day will find a lot of peace being able to celebrate all the heroes of that day that try to search through find out what had happened the people that gave their lives so that other people could live 
and I'd highly recommend taking the detour and checking it out. And until then, we will hear a little bit more about this trip after I finish the episodes on our trip out to the Grand Circle in Utah, Arizona, and Colorado. And until then, happy travels!